Hello and welcome to the Investment Chat, a monthly podcast brought to you by Kleinwort Hambros. I'm Fahad Kamal, Chief Investment Officer. I'm Andrew Thompson, Head of Investment Management. Today we're going to uh, explore what's been happening in markets. It feels like it's been an extraordinarily dramatic year so far, full of volatility in the main asset classes. I'm here with my friend uh, Fahad Kamal. We're going to look at what's been happening out there. And also we're going to take a look at our portfolios, how we are positioned in this extraordinarily uncertain world. And then finally, we're going to see whether any opportunities have been thrown up that we can uh, perhaps take advantage of. Fahad, hi, it's great to, uh, great to chat again. Uh, it feels as if it's been a, a really dramatic uh, year so far in, in, in markets. We've seen some uh, remarkable volatility, particularly in the uh, equity market, but perhaps more unusually in the bond market. What's been happening uh, there? What, what are investors so, uh, so worried about? Well, Andrew, as you know, 2022 has been a torrid year for markets across most asset classes. Primarily, it's because the specter of inflation has burst back into the consciousness of the general public with a ferocity not seen since the 1970s, really. And, you know, several times this year, it's appeared as if that inflation monster is being tamed and inflation is decelerating. But almost every time it's proven to be a false dawn. And actually inflation, far from being contained, appears to be broadening beyond just those original commodity-driven items within the basket to things that are quite distant from commodities, like services at physicians' clinics, for example. So that is, is quite worrying. And clearly, with inflation being as elevated as it is across every geography that we would invest in, Central banks in those regions have been aggressively tightening monetary policy. Uh, And in many ways, it heralds a paradigm shift from the very loose monetary conditions that we've enjoyed since the great financial crisis. Domestically, we've got a a new prime minister. Um, She's uh, been in power or had had the the reins for really an incredibly short period of time, but seems to have stirred up some dramatic moves in the markets uh, together with decisions of her chancellor. It, some have referred to this as a, a gamble on, on growth, but perhaps lacking in detail. What's it all about there? What's, what, what's been happening and, and, and what's the impact then for markets? So a great question, Andrew. And, and politically, before I even begin to uh, discuss the new prime minister, it probably helps to paint a quick picture of what's been happening in the UK Specifically, so the UK, like all other geographies, has also been in the grips of this inflationary challenge that exists everywhere. But arguably in the UK, the underlying causes of the inflation are much worse. You know, in the US, uh, there's a huge element of actual aggregate demand. But in the UK, the inflation really seems to be much more linked to exogenous shocks coming from the oil markets as well as quite a bit of labour inelasticity as, uh, that has creeped up in the years following Brexit. In any case, given this, uh, this quite challenging economic backdrop uh, and an inflationary picture that's deepening in the UK, you have a new prime minister who, along with, with her chancellor, who, who waded into this, this difficult picture with a dramatic fiscal expansion policy, one that the market was completely caught out by. It seemed like, like, like it fell from, from the sky like a lightning bolt. Effectively, what the policy was, well-intentioned, 
basically we have a huge energy crisis as i've described so a lot of fiscal spending is taking place in order to shield the average consumer and businesses from what would have been really um painful and 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 uh, and, and difficult rises in the cost of energy so the government has capped all the prices of energy for consumers and for and for businesses which is very welcome what was more unexpected and what came as a huge shock was massive amounts of tax cutting largely geared towards the top income strata of society the intention was good it was meant to increase consumer spending uh, it was meant to be a very trickle down top down approach such as we saw you know with with echoes in the past uh, from margaret thatcher and ronald reagan amongst others but as we as i said in this kind of inflationary environment such an enormous uh, fiscal expansion was likely to be even more inflationary and and exacerbating what is arguably the bigger problem of today i mean and the biggest problem today is is the inflation one not that we have lower productivity or 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 generally low growth those are indeed problems but probably on the back burner right now so so the chancellor's um budget was very expansionary and it was well intentioned but proved too much for the markets to handle as a result you saw a dramatic revaluation of two very key uh, uk assets one being sterling the price of sterling fell to record lows versus the dollar at its lowest point it was it was just in the range of parity i think it was at 1.3 at its very very darkest and similarly the market for gilts was enormously sold off now gilts are uh, are uk government bonds they are supposed to be the safe haven asset for our domestic economy and in the uh, environment that they were that they were falling in price which means that their yield was rising the cost of borrowing for everybody in the economy be it a consumer on their mortgage be it a business in their lending or be it the cost of debt uh, for for anybody uh, really in the economy dramatically shot up with enormous implications for not just economic growth but even our very um, fiscal uh, solvency as a nation in that uh, in that period clearly the bank of england had to intervene they stepped in uh, abruptly to start buying gilts to stabilize the market that also had a very um, positive effect on sterling sterling bounced back given that it seemed uh, that the bank of england was going to intervene in an emergency situation and more importantly it did cause quite a dramatic u turn uh, from the chancellor and the prime minister on that fiscal expansion push this is a story that is far from over we are yet to see how it plays out but clearly the signals already appear to be that that it was too big too soon and there's going to be uh, more of a um, a palatable fiscal expansion if at all in the coming weeks and months so it sounds as if um investors have an awful lot on their plates to deal with or to uh, to potentially worry about and and dare I said it sounds like also our politicians at least uh, domestically have plenty on their to-do lists as well looking at uh, our clients portfolios how are they how are they set up how are they positioned to deal with such a uh, an uncertain world that feels as if the outcomes are are, are many and, and and certainly variable. How do you how do you set up the uh, the portfolios in in that sort of environment? Andrew, you're absolutely right. The world is uh, is particularly uncertain now, more so than it's been for quite some time. And the dispersion of outcomes from where we are now is wide and varied, but mostly negative. It would appear, at least in the next in the short run. 
Now, what is um, important to realize is that first and foremost, you can't start protecting portfolios when the horses have already bolted, meaning that when the volatility is already hit and enormous drawdowns or losses have occurred, at that stage, trying to put on protection is likely to be somewhat belated. Luckily, we have been conservatively positioned across our strategies for quite some time. As we found ourselves uh, in this latest political storm, we were underweight equities. We had more cash than we've held for a long time, and we hold plenty of alternative assets, particularly some which have positively contributed to performance this year, such as hedge funds and commodities. More importantly, I would say, particularly for our for our UK-based clients, is that we've had significant exposure to the US dollar across our strategies, which has been of significant benefit, obviously, in an environment where sterling has been falling. And that's the key point, uh, Andrew, a few key points. That One is that preparation for sudden market movements can't occur in real time. It must be done in advance, and luckily, we had done so in advance. And moreover, our portfolios have plenty of shock absorbers. Uh, we have long since relied on the UK government bond to be our primary form of defense. In a previous era, it would have been enough. But this is a different era, and the UK government bond is not providing, or hasn't, tradition, hasn't this year provided the protection that we would have sought from a safe haven far from it. But this is exactly why we have, you know, for, for at least two years now, been actively diversifying our diversifiers to areas such as hedge funds and commodities, as I mentioned, but also holding more cash than we've normally held. We have gold uh, and we, we also hold uh, some uh, uh, some structured products within some portfolios that are hopefully there to protect us in the worst of all scenarios. So quite diversified portfolios uh, and we were positioned uh, reasonably well to take the pain that came, particularly in September, given that we had a large uh, exposure to the dollar. So, so I would say that regardless of the financial and economic paradigms shifting, uh, we, we have been well prepared and, and our portfolios will have been more robust as a result of that preparation than they would have been otherwise. Farhad, whilst it's, uh, it's clear that we at Climate Hambros are, are not uh, day traders um, acting on, on every, um, every whim or every zig or zag of, of the markets, uh, we're recognising that there is always going to be inherent volatility. Nevertheless, it, it feels as if potentially sometimes there are dislocations that happen in, in markets, in, in asset prices that perhaps do create opportunities for the, for the longer term. Is there anything that we've seen in, 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 in recent uh, days and weeks that potentially allow an opportunity to be, to be seized? Indeed, Andrew, we're, we're certainly not day traders. We, we, have, a, we have an investment process uh, that guides us as to our decision making, and it tends to be um, more towards long-term value. But effectively, our investment process gives us a dispassionate sense of where we might be in the economic cycle and what the prevailing valuation, momentum and sentiment are in various asset classes. At present, it appears that the economic momentum is going downwards and we're headed towards recession. That gives us a reason to exit a position that we took earlier in the year in the commodities market. We do expect that commodities will face a challenge, obviously in an environment where there's going to be a global recession. In addition to that, because of the recent political turmoil, there were profound moves in, in the value of sterling. And it appeared that on any fundamental basis, sterling was 
extremely cheap and sentiment for the currency was very oversold. As a result of the combination of those factors, one being a downward downward shift in the economic cycle, as well as cheap sterling and an oversold sentiment for the currency, we chose to sell out of a position that we had in global commodities. That position was dollar denominated. We sold that at a, at a nice profit. And uh, the purpose of that is that we obviously see that, that, that the economic conditions and the over bought level of dollar makes us an attractive time to exit. And we've taken most of those proceeds and placed them into a um, allocation towards real assets and largely geared towards UK real assets. One, those assets appear to also have been caught up in the recent political mayhem, and they were also oversold in the short run, given that pension funds, which tend to be large holders of such assets, had to raise cash in the short run, um, given given all, all the, the turmoil that they had. So that presented a, 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 a good opportunity for us to buy in and add to a position that we already had in real assets. Those, so those are the main moves, selling commodities and adding uh, real assets, largely uh, UK real assets particularly, uh, and reducing a bit of our exposure to the dollar at a favorable time. In addition, though, we also are adding um, much of our cash holdings uh, to, uh, to a interest-bearing uh, money market account. Clearly, the paradigm in the world of cash has also shifted dramatically this year. You know, for, for many years, we've had an environment where cash was paying no interest. Uh, well, that's gone. Cash is now paying reasonable interest. And we are now putting our clients cash to work in, in a very efficient way and in, in interest bearing accounts, you know, giving, uh, giving good certainty of, um, you know, of better performance over time. And it's interesting to note as well that, that you know, while we are in this very uncertain interest rate environment and almost all assets suffer from rising interest rates, cash is one that benefits enormously. Um, so holding it in the short run uh, is, is, uh, is wise uh, from the perspective of our investment process. Thank you for listening to this month's episode of The Investment Chat. We'll be back next month for our regular investment update. So please make sure that you join us by clicking the follow button wherever you're listening to this right now. Every new episode will land straight onto your device as it's available. Until then, thank you for listening. Goodbye.